Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first overcome our internal self by focusing on inner change. Outer positive results in our lives will follow. This podcast offers inspiration, strength, and hope through the tools of recovery, spirituality, and positive psychology. I started recoveryoursoul.net after having profound changes in my life in my recovery from alcoholism and control addiction. I was guided to share these tools with others through this podcast and personal coaching. Personal recovery does not need an addiction to use the tools and principles to better our lives and transform just the desire to make positive changes and grow. As an ordained minister, I continue to study and deepen my relationship with the spiritual principles that have brought me peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. I know that together we can do the work that will recover your soul. Hi, and welcome back to Recover Your Soul. Uh, My name is Rachel Harrison, and I'm excited to have you back with us today. I'm just kidding. I'm Rachel Sunbody. Welcome to our family podcast. We got all four. We got Team Harrison here. Why doesn't everyone introduce themselves? Go ahead, Al. My name is Al. (laughs) (laughs) The truth is, he's got a million names and has gone by all of them. What would you like to be called today, my oldest son? Um, We go go with Alex because you prefer Alex, so I'll be Alex today. Okay, and how about you? It might slip out. I'll be calling him Al. But yes, I'm I'm rich. I'm the father. Yeah. So we have full team Harrison here today because Alex turns 25 years old tomorrow. And the boys are in town to celebrate that. And they haven't been in Colorado for a year. They moved to Sacramento, California at the beginning of the pandemic. And to chase our dreams. To chase your dreams and to give their parents a break. Which and Bodie showed up with his beard finally off, which I like, but he's got a great wider mustache. <laughs> Everybody's calling it the porn stash, so I, I'm growing the beard right back. I cut it off for a project. Everybody I out there, he's got such a great world. face, but he covers it up with a big old beard. Anyway, yep. Both my boys are beautiful. So I'm so excited that they're here because I wanted to have a conversation with the whole fam. I've talked about everybody, and I feel so blessed that they'll actually sit down at this table with me and have a conversation about our lives and the experiences that we've had. And a lot of our listenership is from the Al-Anon and recovery world. A lot of our listeners are people who are just looking for a life that is happier, more at ease, and letting go of control, which Mm -hmm. is my number one thing. 
control. Same. Yeah. Ever since you started talking about control addiction, I started realizing how bad I have that. Tell me more about that. Well, I feel like that's where a lot of my anxiety comes from, is my addiction for control and my need to under like try to understand what's going on around me and manipulate it and not in a negative way because at the end of the day I always want things to be positive and I want the people around me to be happy but I try to control things so hard to make everybody around me happy and make Mm -hmm. it best possible outcome that it drives me insane and it brings me all kinds of anxiety because it's not going to go the way I want it to go and I've just come to realize how much of my uh, inner tightness and misery and overthinking comes from my need and my addiction to control what's around me. It for the greater good of my people, but that's not my job, and that's what I'm coming to realize. Being more uh, chilling in the tube, going down the river than swimming against it. I love that you say that because that's exactly the description of my level of control addiction was, you know, for the greater good of everybody around me. And and just to jump right in, that's interesting, Bodhi, because your role in our alcoholic home was the one that made us all okay. And so we there was a lot of pressure on you growing up to be the one that sort of kept us all happy and pulled it all together. And on the other side of that coin was Alex and Dad. Alex and Dad and their dynamics. There's there's where the uh, uh, tug of war tension of control happened. Um, I know that for me, raising the kids now that here we are huddled around huddled around one microphone, all grown up. Um, my control came in, in in raising you guys the way I thought I wanted to see you come up and uh alex and i did some good head button didn't we i think that all just stemmed from you wanting basically what you just said about wanting us to come out a certain way and then i ended up being the type of person that wanted to be my own way and wanted to be my own person and i've just always been the type of person to do everything opposite of what people tell me to do so that in itself just creates for a lot of uh, hard feelings and drama and emotions and battles. And and yet there is this piece that the reality is that you guys were raised by alcoholics and that, that we had stints of being more together and not. Um, and we had a couple stints of sobriety or not drinking as much. But I think now that I can look back on our lives. There's some real clarity of how much that affected us on such a such a large way of not being, you know, present as a as a family. And that there's these other pieces that like I think about you Alex what you just said about wanting to be your own person and not being told what to do. I don't like to be told what to do. I'm, you know, I deal with that on on a daily of being independent and being able to be take direction and criticism. So it's, you know, genetics, some of that were in genetics. It's funny because I'm just realizing this and um, I'll just put it right out there. My dad and I had a lot easier time getting along than my brother and I 
and I've always been a seeker of knowledge and a seeker of wisdom. Um, and I think that goes along with my name. I think I was kind of destined. <clears throat> and so I, sometimes it was harder to hear, but a lot of times I wanted to hear what dad had to say and what da- uh, uh, advice mom and dad had to offer me. And now I'm in a position in my life where I am the, you know, my job title is marketing director of the company I work for. And I'm like kind of at the top of the sport that I'm involved in. And now I'm at this place where nobody's telling me what to do and nobody's offering me advice and only people are coming to me for advice. And that has been really hard for me lately. Really? And that's been struggling because I I feel like I need that. Mm -hmm. I need that person around me kind of cracking the whip on me, calling me out for my BS and being like, yo, kind of slipping here and maybe try this or like somebody to come to for that. And I think that's why dad and I had an easier time getting along is because I, I always wanted to hear what he had to say because I, that's I your personality. That's just my personality. Right. And we're all, we're all tuned differently in, in the old brain noggin. Exactly. You know, another angle at it that I could bring up is I've realized that all the men in the Harrison two generations here are virtually self-employed. My dad has always done his own thing, been his own boss. My brother was as well. I definitely have been my entire career. Bodie, you've carved your own path. And even you, Alex, with, with me out there being a, being a contractor and a builder and a craftsman and, and searching, we're all, we all fit that that definition of not wanting to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, for me, I don't play well with other, others when it comes to a cor- corporate environment. I'm so glad no you way. said that. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't play we're well all with others. Like, yeah. We're all like that. Well, that's why know? I'm trying to follow my my artistic sense. And exactly, you as an artist. Make money off of what I'm doing. We all have that call to want to be that. The strength, you and know. That's, yeah. That's that's interesting you say that because, yeah, like, that what I, you know, what I, what, what I said I want to hear what you have to say, but a lot of times I don't necessarily want to hear what other people have to say. And I definitely have never enjoyed working for other people. I like being offered advice and criticisms, but I hate being told what to do. Mm-hmm. That's definitely, that's definitely in, in all of us. But I think if it's somebody I respect and it's goes towards something I'm passionate about, like bettering myself or the businesses I'm involved in, I'll always want to hear it. But as soon as it's like, nah, and it's not right we were in the kitchen earlier and talking about um a couple of my friends who had never had their parents tell them that they loved them and i literally cried yesterday just with that whole concept with this friend who had a mother who on her deathbed she looked at her and told her that she loved her and all she could say was thank you bless you but she couldn't say it back And she had overheard Bodhi and I on the phone as he was getting ready to board the plane say I love you about seven times in like a three-minute conversation. And so we were saying just how much love has always been in this family regardless of the pain that we were going through at any time. Mm -hmm. That sometimes we didn't always like each other, but we always deeply, deeply loved each other. That's the best part. That's what what we say to a lot of people guys since you've been gone is when we reminisce or talk about you know or you know go back to some things just for the sake of processing there was so much we went through and 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 a lot of battles but the the foundation of love and the way 
that, you know, especially you and me, Alex, you know, when it comes to you and I, we just wanted to beat the hell out of each other at a, at a certain point in our lives for, for a few years. Yeah. And yet underneath that, we would have never, we never did. We would have never done it. No. And, and just truly, truly, truly loving each other. And for me, I really enjoy Bodie and I will always be tight, but lately it's going to make me emotional. I look back on us without any like doubt. I look back on it as a big learning experience. You taught me a lot. We're all crying now. I uh, get emotional up in here. Yeah, I definitely want to mention that also that there was always love and that's always what kept us together. And that's, we were talking earlier in the kitchen about how there's definitely a lot of, a lot of battles in our, in our life, but I think it's because our family is just so incredibly passionate. Keyword passionate. Yeah. Our family is very passionate. And I think passion for me in my life, there's good goods and bads to passion. I think passion is a very strong fuel. And when we were passionate about how we felt and what was right, and the other person was passionate about the other way, that would bring forth certain battles. But at the end of every battle, there was always love, you know? And like you mentioned, that was kind of my job was to like remind everybody that we all love each other and that it would always chill everybody out and we'd always we fight and we get say what we needed to say and then at the end there was always love and there was always forgiveness and grace and understanding for each other and we would always come back together and we would always love each other at the end of the day and that is really i think what kept us all together you know and like you and you guys split up for that period of time and that was like pretty crazy but what brought us back together was love yeah and that's why, like, I'm so our our upbringing was pretty chaotic, but I learned so much from it, and I developed so much from it. My communication skills, and my ability to love, and my ability to forgive, and my ability to communicate, and that's just something I'm so grateful for because it, it was burned into me from childhood that love is the most important thing, and if you always focus on love or always come back to love, then everything's going to be all right because the foundation of love is the best possible foundation. That means I was successful. That's all. That's one of the things that dad and I actually would argue about was I just would always say, I just want them to be unconditionally loved and know that that is the foundation of everything. And dad would say, yes, and they need some damn rules. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was the wild west with you guys. And, and what you said and and what I was thinking is at this point in my life, in my mid fifties, I I'm in this place of believing that it's the hard things. It's the challenges. It's the, it's, it's the challenges in life that teach you things. Mm -hmm. So if we had this, you know, real, just passive, lovely, easy, everybody got along type of uh, life together, maybe we wouldn't have learned, maybe we wouldn't have been pushed to the places and developed the skills that you talked about, Bodhi. And, um, I believe that again, back to you and I, Alex, that I, I saw you doing things and, and going off the rails and then I wanted to keep you back up on my version of, of, you know, a good path or rails. And yet in, in the experience of all that and the experience of arguing with your mom over it, it, 
took me to a better place. It brought me to a higher place of unconditional love, of acceptance, of, and I guess right back to the control thing, mm-hmm. you know, right back to just looking back and being like, why'd you try to be in control of all that? You know, of course there's, there's places where I could say, I told you so, you know, yeah, you know, but, uh, but it taught me so much. It, 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 I just feel like it was supposed to happen. And, and the older I get, the body keeps going in, in the wrong direction. And, and, and I feel all that, but my, but my mind and my, my heart and my soul, when I look back on us, I just, it, it, it's like, it gets better and better in a way. It, it's like, it, it, uh, feels like it's turning into a good broth. Well, the, when you, when you guys left and Bodhi left first to go chase this dream, he got offered this amazing job and he and his best friend left. And when Alex left, it was in a, in a flurry, you know, I left overnight. I didn't even tell my best friends. Yeah. I didn't tell anybody. Only people that knew were you guys, my family, I literally left. You like just escaped, you know? Yeah. And yet when I look at that, it ha- that situation exactly like it happened, had to happen for you to have the push to go do something different. And this past year and a half of being apart, I think has given all of us so much more appreciation for each other as a family and that you two have had the chance to go off and do your own thing and not have us constantly giving you our good advice, you know, <laughs> which we thought was good advice, but also wasn't giving you the chance to make your own choices, which include successes and failures that we don't have to be watching. Yeah. And it has, I've watched both of you blossom so much. And it doesn't mean that life doesn't continue to show up and be hard because life will always show up. But I'm watching you both deal with it in such profound ways, including, I mean, there's an episode that I did of the fight that you guys had not that long ago that had to happen too. Yeah. You know, that was sort of part of the journey of, of working through things and, and the communication and love that you have for each other, working together, living together, having been every moment of the last 22 years, cause it's your lifetime together. And I see the love that you have for each other. And I am so grateful. Definitely. It all comes down to love. Mm-hmm. When you drink too much tequila and champagne, crazy things happen. <laughs> love disappears <laughs> and comes and the love may, may, may disappear for a second, but it, it all comes back to love. That's good. But what you're saying is true. And it's just crazy. Life, life is chapters. And I'm really starting to realize how, like when I was a kid, one of my biggest fears, I was like, how did, how did that fear of abandonment where I was, I don't know where it really stemmed from, but I was, would fear that you guys were going to just leave me. You did have major abandonment fear. Uh, my abandonment issues, but then I also had a fear of change and I was always just worried about things changing and I Mm -hmm. was so, so stuck. And now life just, and I just was always just so fearful of things that have now happened, like me moving out of, moving away, not being close to you guys, the house changing where I'm from our town, everything being different. Like I was always just so scared of all that. And I just was so stuck and just, just change, change was just so scary to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I just started to realize that life comes in, in chapters and it's just, we're always constantly growing. And based kind of what dad was saying about how him is, as, even though it's, you know, you, your body gets older and it's like you get aches and pains, whatever your mind gets sharper and gets better. And as we're growing up, you guys are growing up too. And mm-hmm. that's something that I feel like I don't, 
as a kid, you don't really understand. And you think your parents are just like these all-knowing. Perfect. perfect supposed to be perfect. We were, we were We were so <laughs> imperfect. But like, like, your parents are growing up while they're helping you grow up. And we're all just, we're all on this earth together. Yeah. And now we're, and now we're more friends than parents and kids. You know, I think that there's definitely that point I said to both of you recently that you you don't have to get our permission for anything anymore, you know, or our approval. You are your own men. And so you show up and do your own life. And when my mom said the other day, when I gave the last um, minister talk, and people came up to her and said, oh, are you so proud of Rachel? And she said, I don't know if pride's the right word because she doesn't need my approval, but I'm happy for her. I'm happy for what's happening in her life. And I feel that same way about you guys. I always say I'm so proud, but it's not that I, that you're pleasing me because you're doing what I think you should be doing. I'm proud because you are becoming your own people in earnest. I, I've always, I, and that's all, I, I love that. Um, I love that we just, we think like that because I've noticed people, not everybody's like that. And I've seen that in the world. Not everybody's like that. People, everybody's different in the way that their minds work and everybody thinks. And I, not everybody's like that. There's people that live their whole lives trying to please their parents or right. whoever it is and never really get to be who they want to be or do what they want to do because it's all about living life the, the way that somebody else wants it. Yeah. When I think about you guys and I think about our family as a, one of the other recent podcasts, I talked about like not going back and just rehashing the old hard stuff. And I think that for us, one of the gratitudes that I have is that we have um, been able to get better at as a family of not holding on to the stuff that was hard because we can, there was a lot of it, right? So we could sit there and be super concentrated on what was what was hard. And what I love is that I think we're all seeing more present. Like, who are we today? When you show up today, who are you today? Because that's all there is. And whoever you were before, hopefully has brought you to the better today. Yeah, and I think what I've been focusing on a lot in my life lately is like going back to what dad was saying earlier is like the hardships are what teaches us and develops us. And like, I've come to learn failure is the greatest teacher. Mm-hmm. I've spent thousands and thousands of hours researching the things that I'm into, mm-hmm. but the things that stuck with me the, the longest and taught me the most were the failures, like yeah. leaving the memory card at home, not exposing a shot, right. Framing something up too quick and wrong, you know, like all these little things, putting, putting my camera on it willy nilly and it, scratching my lens on it you know it's like all those those things are what teaches us the most and what i've been trying to learn is like not holding on to the emotions from those things Mm. and not holding on to the pains and not holding on to the bad parts because we're all just humans trying to communicate and articulate and that's something i realized is like the English language is only so much for how we can take what's in our head and put that into a language in the right way for the other person to kind of understand what right. the heck is coming out of our head. And so I've, I've been learning to get away from the pain, away from the, the misery and just be like, OK, what is there to take away from this? What is there to learn from this and pull the, the positive like positivity or learning from those things and then let the emotions and pain and stuff be of the past and fully release that. 
If you can get that at 22, oh my God. This is why, this <laughs> is like, why this I'm kid stunned. is my best friend. I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say. And it's like, you just have this knack of pulling it right out of my head and saying it. I think for both of you at this ages that you are, the awareness that you have of yourself. I was not this aware at this age, not at 22, not at 25, well, not it, at and all. And it's what Bodhi said about releasing the emotion and, and the hurt mm-hmm. and just taking it for, for what it is, you know, the situation, whatever that is and what it has. It's amazing. There's always something to pull away, even from positive things. I don't know. It's like, for example, I was just on a really big video project with one wheel called dirt right and basically it was my buddy who's a legendary snowboard filmer had a vision that he brought to one wheel which was something to really push the sport where he wanted to put up like skateboard snowboard style handrails into the forest into the woods and like put cable cams up in the trees and make this like super epic video And it should have been something that was like super incredible and positive and evolutionary for the sport and yada, yada, this and that. But it ended up kind of falling apart. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of emotions and a lot of fights. Like we got in a fight one day about about the dirt because we had to move all this dirt. And Is that why it's named dirt? That's why it's called dirt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was a day where we were moving buckets of dirt for eight hours straight. Just Home Depot buckets of dirt. Just walking up and down this hill, moving dirt, moving dirt. And we got to the end of that day. And Hooper, the director, was like, come on, boys, let's keep going. And we were like, no, dude, we can't. Like, I'm, I'm about to start fumbling these buckets and we're burning out all our energy and we're about to have to start hucking ourselves on these features that nobody's ever even thought about doing something this this big and intimidating and extreme. Those tensions rose and like all, all kinds of stuff happened in this thing that was like supposed to be great and supposed to be positive. And I walked away from it feeling like feeling like I had had evolved like five years it uh it was really it was really a trip and there was so much that I took away from that and there was so much that I could have like fixated on and stuck to because there was a lot of passionate dudes coming together to make a project happen that we didn't quite have the time or manpower to do right and we actually got to the end and didn't didn't win we we kind of won you know we kind of it wasn't what the initial vision was but what it but what it happening was its own story that's such a great story about how we go into something with the control thinking Mm -hmm. that it's going to look like this is what it's going to be like this is what i envision this is exactly how i want it and then when it doesn't turn out that way you either see it as a failure or you can embrace what it was Mm -hmm. embrace it as it is and that's like that's why that project was so so wild it was full of people that wanted to control what was going on and control how for the greater good right each each one of them for the greater good to evolve a sport and so we came in with so much like passion but also i was full of fear full of fear the entire time it was just scary it was passionate and like so like so many little battles arose but after every battle because of where how far i've come in my life i was able to look back into it drop the bs and pull the information out. Mm-hmm. Look into it, drop the BS, pull the information out. Look into it, drop the BS, pull the information out. And that's why I was driving away from that project very emotionally and physically tired because it was a week and a half of moving dirt and sending my body off of things. And, and I came out so exhausted. But like I said, I felt like I had evolved like five years because of how much information I was able to pull out of everything 
instead of just leaving there being like, hmm, that sucked, man. Everybody was fighting and we, we didn't end up actually hitting all the features and like this, this, this and that. Like I just came out of it like, wow, what a lesson. One of the things that I, I, I love that you talk about that because I think that one of the things that I think was a gift and kind of what happened in our lives as a family was what Rich was saying was the hardships. And one of the reasons why I think you guys are doing so well right now is because it wasn't easy growing up. And that um, I think there's so many parents who are really trying to make it be idyllic for their children, you know, their whole lives without conflict. Part of my problem is I was raised without any yelling or conflict, so I didn't know how to handle it. But that there were consequences and that, you know, Alex had legal issues as a kid and, and like the things that went through, I think have built you both up as men to be able to be able to handle these kinds of situations without either completely falling apart, totally going into the blame game for very long. Everybody does that for kind of a minute where you do the blame game, but that you learned so much as younger people that you didn't have to go out in the world and just have the world like kick you in the ass because it was so easy. And you know, you had this life that was so easy. That's very true. Do you feel like that? Cause you're the yeah. one that had like the most. Oh, 100%. I mean, even right before, like the way I moved out, you know, where everything it was just, so here's your 25th birthday on Alex's 18th birthday. I found some place for him of. to live because it was just so not great here for him. Yeah, so the, basically the day of me legally becoming an adult, I moved out. Mm-hmm. My life started from there of trying to find my own way. I was really pissed about that for a long time, but now I'm grateful. I really feel like God puts us through absolutely everything for a reason. When I look back at my life and look at the hardships and look at, you know, literally everything has tuned me up for something specific, a certain situation, a certain aspect of my life, a certain area of my life. Like being the the family glue, the family healer growing up, there is a trauma to it that I actually have recently discovered that I'm learning the process of to, to an unhealthy level being a people pleaser which is a big principle mm-hmm. in Al-Anon, I believe. But it's also made it so I'm really never an asshole to the people around me except for, like, my brother or my best friend because we're so close. <laughs> <laughs> and that barrier is like, down. <laughs> but, like, who I am in the world, I I go to, like, events and meetups and people come up to me and they, and they want to talk to me and they want to meet with me. And I also, in the business realm, in the business world, I conversate and communicate with people and I'm always always loving and I always am aware of how my actions and words are going to affect the people around me. I have that too. And there's an unhealthy part of that that I'm trying to learn and and prioritize myself a little bit more Mm -hmm. and prioritize my personal well-being. But still, I'm so grateful for that skill set. That skill set and that ability to have that awareness and have that ability to communicate in that way because what I am for what I was for our family, I've been for so many different little you know, like projects, right? Like, like dirt, like, like all these other aspects of my life, people are chomping at the bit, but I've learned how to communicate my way out of it 
but not for myself, for everybody, and be able to speak love into any situation and speak relationship into people. And I really, really, really feel at the bottom of my heart that we're put through everything for a reason. And I know some people have a really hard time accepting that because they're like, really? Like, why, some, why, some why would some really ups, bad stuff? There's some right? really, stuff. really, really tragic things that happen to people. You know what's yeah. great about that, Bodhi, is um, something I love that I got from Oprah. People aren't always going to remember what you said to them, but they're going to remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's big. And that's what you're doing with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's all it's all and, learning, and, dude. I I got a DUI in college right as my career was really starting to pick up. And long story short, I end up in jail crying. I had a big one wheel event coming up a week later. Two weeks later was the family surf trip. I knew I wasn't going to be able to drive for a whole year because, and I'm a free, I was a freelancer doing photo video at the time. And I am crying, sitting in jail, scared because I'm in a room I can't escape, which is just an unsettling feeling. And I asked them if they had a Bible. Because I'm, I consider myself uh, spiritual, not religious, but a lot of my spiritual beliefs fall closest to Christianity, um, and I do love the what you can learn from the Bible and the story of Jesus. And so I asked them if they had a Bible because I didn't know what to do with myself. I popped the Bible open, of all things, to a two-page book in the Bible. Super hard to find, even when I look for it, it's hard to find. I pop right open to it, and it's a letter from Peter to his buddy Titus, who he had left on an island to start a church, and this island is crazy people are killing each other prostitution's going on people are partying getting wasted there's like so much evil and gnarliness going on in this island it's so little like love and it's a it's a letter telling him to stay true and lead by example and here i am in jail where my career is picking up i'm becoming somewhat of an influencer in my realm i'm becoming really good at what i'm doing and i'm doing dumb dumb stuff drinking with my friends going and driving I got. I didn't get pulled over. I was peeing in front of a police station. Bad idea. I would not recommend. <laughs> with your with your with stereo speakers blasting. blasting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so wouldn't recommend that. But here I am in jail, and I open the I open the Bible up and I read that book, and just instantly I'm like, wow, what an intense way to learn this lesson. Mm-hmm. But okay. Yeah. And from that moment, I was like, all right, like that's what this is about. This is a big old backhand from the universe being like, dude, you have a responsibility that I have set forth for you and you can't be doing dumb stuff like this. Like you have a, you have a a need to set an example for the people around you and be a leader and not be doing dumb stuff. And that, those are like the two biggest things for me was that was our childhood coming up and what I learned from that and my ability to communicate and that DUI and what I learned from how I need to take you both, you both have had major things and had your back up against the wall. And I have like mad respect for both of you for really stepping into it. I think about, I think about you, Alex, when we took you to rehab, when you were 15, 16, 16, when you were 16 and it was, I mean, it was bad and it was, you know, partially court ordered. And, um, and at first you were like, I don't want to go. And then right when we were driving you up, you said, I'm going to, I'm going to be in, I'm going to be a hundred percent in. And those six months that you were in residential, you were a hundred percent in. And I have always respected you for doing that. But you really, I mean, have been a, a model to me of somebody who continues to learn and your journey has been hard for me to watch. 
but you have also, like Bodhi did in his DUI and even in your DUI, like embraced it. And that's that part that I think when I'm speaking to people or sharing our journey with people, so often we're trying to control and stop somebody from something that seems like it will be a, would be hard for you. But the truth is, that is essential in your journey. It's the gold. It's the gold. That's what people have to go through. I just finished recording a song, which I'm going to play. I'm going to put on the end of this episode, and it's called Love Each Other. And you're my second verse. And my second verse is that it's hard to watch you when your life falls apart. You know, that I just want to, I just want to mend you. Oh, Oh, no, mommy's going to (laughs) cry. I love you, mama. I love you too, babe. But you had to, both of you had to go through everything you went through to become these remarkable men that are sitting here at this table right now. And and the, the truth is that for me to watch the connection of you and dad and how much your dad misses both of you and you, Alex, you know, that's like... I miss the one, but we know we have, but it's it's really interesting alex that i missed the one that the was hard- the hardest <laughs> so tie, much tie, it ties right into everything we're talking about here you know like he really or i miss you too <laughs> something about seeing dad every day that like kept me on point and mm-hmm. kept me like i just not having dad around it definitely i, I can feel it it's definitely impacted my life not necessarily in a bad way or anything, you know, like I'm finding my own path, but it's just, it's different, you know, not having, just being with dad every day was a blessing and I'm glad. I'm, Even though it didn't feel like it at the it time. It didn't feel like it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's something I'm going to look back on and cherish forever. Mm-hmm. The things that we built and did together and we'll continue to do. Yeah. It's not, I mean, you guys are, no, it's not over. We're just, we've <clears throat> made it through sort I, of this I talked side. about age already and I am slowing down and I was, you know, I had endless energy just like you guys and that's waning. And so, um, so the memories are really important to me too. Everything we did. I was just telling cat. I call him cash. If you hear me say cash, that's Alex. Cause his name is Kiernan Alexander Sage Harrison. So we call him cash Kiernan Alex. Our homie next door is calling him Sage using his one name. Al. Called Al. Uh, Lex. He's like, Justin calls me Sage. <laughs> he's like, you do. The ladies love Sage. <laughs> <laughs> but I was telling him uh, in the airport, we had a really cool heart to heart on the way out here while we were eating tater tots at the airport. And, uh, I'm manifesting the future where, mom, you are full-time just spreading positivity and changing people's lives and giving the knowledge that Spirit has given you out to the world and making your living off that so you can do that more and provide that more, which will then free you up from having to be anywhere specific because you can just take your mic and your computer and your, your wonderful self and be wherever. And dad, start to do sculpture and design and music and all the the beautiful fun things that are less impactful on your body where you could go anywhere and you guys come out and live in sack in the winters and come back to Colorado in the summers or just come out to Cali full time. But this is, this is this is my dream too, Bodie. Let's yeah. all yeah. See, see, we all out. put it together. We open a tattoo studio slash slash metal shop. Splash paint. It's basically an art gallery that has my style, my paintings, Mm -hmm. 
mixed with dad's metal sculptures and then in the back is tattoo chairs where you can get tattooed so it's like an art gallery slash tattoo studio and then if someone needs spiritual coaching they could sit down and <laughs> get tattooed your voice comes over a, a, a speaker up above just yeah. talking oh, yeah. while you're getting tattooed you just hear like, mom the whole like time like the ceiling in the great hall of harry potter <laughs> can we just have her head projected on the ceiling in meditation <laughs> speaking down and now it might be to close your eyes <laughs> You know, I just, I love that what we want for each other has a a drive together that includes being together because a hundred percent includes being together and that there's this healthiness of really letting each of you be who you are to your absolute fullest, to your absolute fullest, you know, every potential that you have and that team Harrison is strong, you know, team Harrison is strong. Always will be. Always will be. Alex has this tattoo that has our initials and a really cool um, design on it. And and I just love that that was one of the first tattoos that you got. I love it, too. And there's something special about it because the K on it has been road rashed completely four times and it's still there. That's pretty impressive. (laughs) Completely peeled off four times and it's still there. So I like to ask my interviewees if they have any words of wisdom to share. And so I'd like to ask you boys, as Bodhi's getting himself, go ahead, pop it. Get a beverage. Okay. Throat's getting dry. All that talking. You were raised in this um, environment that has created who you are. And if somebody's listening either as a kid or as a parent or just as a human being who is working on their soul recovery, Bodhi, you start since you... I already got one. You got one? Okay, so you go. And it's something I've been thinking about recently. I guess it's kind of a couple little things. First of all, that never-ending voice inside of your head is not you. It's your thinker. And I don't know where the heck those thoughts come from. And that's something I'm trying to find. But I know they're not always ourself. And it's very important to me to be the observer and focus on presence and self-acceptance and the understanding that truly the meaning of life, in my opinion, is to love and appreciate simply existing. And that happiness lies in the silence and in the peace and me being ADHD, I'm always seeking stimulus because I think that will bring me what I need. But when I was meditating in a sensory deprivation tank and I felt absolutely nothing and heard absolutely nothing, that was when I most truly felt like I was myself. Mm. So becoming the observer, picking out the thoughts that you like, using your your brain as a tool and allowing the weird funky bad stuff to come in and out as we do when we meditate and focus on presence and simply existing and being appreciative of that opportunity is very important to me i love that thank you that's beautiful that's incredible how about you mr alex words of wisdom really short yeah that's good short and sweet this was really like in depth mine's more i was just gonna say just be be open to change and just say yes. Mm. Something I struggled with for so long is just being afraid of things and overthinking and being anxious and just say yes. Dad's having a I'm conniption. I'm having a reaction to that. <laughs> I'm going through that right now. I'm, a I'm positive about, one. I'm being flown out to Las Vegas to do an art piece 
for uh, a friend I met through Bodie, through Bodie's work, is opening a store in Las Vegas. You get to do a wall. And I, he wants me to do an art piece uh, on one of their walls. And it's uh, my first commission, like, mural, large piece. And uh, I'm very nervous. Mm-hmm. And I almost turned it down because I was just too in line. Just, say I, yes. I just, you just got to say yes. Just I, say yes. I know I, I'm... I'm I, I know I, I'm not good at, I'm good at what I do but I just get you know you overthink like what Bodhi's saying that's your thinker and I'm high on I'm high anxiety my thinker will sometimes tell me that I'm not good enough but you just say yes and you just just go for it and that's something that I'm working on and those are those are my words of wisdom I love that you guys ever heard the one uh the only constant is change. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. And I think the more that I think about it, so many times for you guys, just kind of in closing, so many times for you guys, I thought there was this one thing that was going to be the solution. You know, I thought t- sending you to rehab was going to, Alex was going to be the solution. Or I thought that this thing for Bodhi was going to be the solution. And, and that was not my healthy self because the truth is, Every day is a new day. Every day has new, um, beautiful moments and hard moments. And there's never a silver bullet that's going to fix it. And the journey is the beauty. And there is never a destination. And so the more I just wake up every day and I go, what's happening today? You know, say yes to the things that are that are drawing you and say no to the things that don't that don't benefit you anymore. that are not serving you that make you small or make you quiet. You know, I, that just sparked something up for me, because like I said, that that childhood trauma got triggered for me recently and it was really intense. And I brought that up to my the owner of the company that I work for, my my business partner slash boss. And I was like, I'm just such a people pleaser. Like, I I don't want to get rid of that and become fully selfish, but I got to figure it out. And he just super nonchalantly was like, always bring people up around you, but just don't don't do anything that'll bring you down. Like, bring people up, but as soon as people bring are bringing you down, that's when it's not healthy. And that was like, whoa. That's a good one. That's a great one. He that's that's actually yeah, just says a wise guy. Jeff like crazy. He is. Um, I respect him so much. For well, the way dig Jeff. Don't done. skip me. I want to. Oh yeah, Jeff. Oh. Love you, Jeff. I want to say something for shout Alex. Out Jeff's mom. She listens to this podcast. We love you. You made a good one. Um, I want to offer you something, Alex. Borrow it from another one of my favorite books that Bodie turned me on to. Stephen Pressfield's War of Art. That um, about you being, you know, stepping up, saying yes, being an artist. That's what the book is about. The counterfeit artist is wildly optimistic. The real one, the real artist is scared to death. Mm. You are a real artist. And even though you're terrified, go anyway. Show up. That's everything I... That's everything that I tried to parent you to, to do is well, just well, show good. up. I, 100%. Yeah. I got got that from you. That's all I got. <laughs> I got that. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> I got that from you. Oh, thank you guys for sitting down with, with me today and sharing. And now we're going to make some breakfast and have a nice weekend together. And I just am so grateful for each of you. And I'm so proud to be your moms the mom and of the boys and dad's proud, proud to be, to be your, your sons thank you even though alcoholism is still kind of plaguing cash and i and alcoholism was a big part of our growing up and things were chaotic 
I could have not asked for better parents ever in my life. And a lot of people look up to me at this point and talk to me and like, what, what's like, how do you do it? Like, how, how are you able to do so many things? Where does your talent come from? How are you able to just be so kind to people? Like, blah, 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 this, 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 and that. And it always, every single time I had great parents. Mm, thanks, buddy. I always think about that because like we've been talking about the bad taught us and the good was good for us. And just, I, I honestly could not, I've met many a parents, had many a friends, and I've always, always felt grateful that you guys are my parents. I've never in my life been like, oh, I wish that was my mom. I wish that was my dad. You guys are the best parents we could ever, ever ask for, good and bad. Oh, <laughs> my heart swells with happiness. I second that. Thank you. I love you all. Thank you, Team Harrison. Thanks, boys. And thank you, listeners, for supporting my mother and allowing her to support you with her wisdoms because she truly is one of the wisest, most loving women I know. And I thank you for listening to her pod. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Recover Your Soul. And with that, (laughs) until next time. Until next time. Namaste. Float on, my friends. (laughs) Namaste. That was so much fun just to sit around the table with my whole family and just share. Before we started, they said, well, what do you want to talk about? And I said, I just want to be us. I just want to talk about what it was like growing up in an alcoholic home and who you are. Just be who you are. And I hope that you can see that in the episode. We really have been through it, but we've also come out the other side, and that is soul recovery. I mentioned a song that I have just written and recorded. It's called Love Each Other, and I just am so passionate about this whole idea of just letting each other be exactly who we are and letting go of the expectations that we have that we need other people to show up for us in some way, and those expectations are what bring us heartache. So I hope you also enjoy this song called Love Each Other.
wrong or right. The healing comes when we see the love in you and me. Standing up as ourselves. Happy and free. What if we love each other just for who we are? Thank you for listening. I hope this episode offered you some tools and guidance and inspiration on your journey to recover your soul. If you'd like some support and encouragement with your soul recovery, book a coaching session with me. When you are ready for change, it's amazing what can be done in just a few sessions with some support. There's never any long-term commitment. This is your personal journey, and I'm just here to be a guide and assist you in connecting with your fullest and happiest self. Go to the website, recoveryoursoul.net, and there you can find out more about me, book your coaching or spiritual counseling session, subscribe to receive our email updates, listen to some of my music. I have some originals and I've had various bands over the years. You can also read the blog that includes stories and insights from the Recover Your Soul community. I want to thank you for supporting the production of this podcast. Every single donation makes such a big difference and you can donate on the homepage of the website. Also by following, subscribing, reviewing this podcast on your favorite platform, you're helping to spread the recover your soul message. I hope that you'll follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and even join the private Facebook group and become part of our transformation community. Share who you are, share where you're from, share your story. Let's all connect. Until next time, namaste. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.